Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got a great one for you. So it's Christmas Eve, and we've got Not So Fast on. I'm so excited for this episode. I've been looking forward to this for a very long time. Uh, he's a shitcoin miner. He's an OG. He's a Twitter personality. This man does it all, and we're going to get into all of it. Uh, we're going to talk about Bitcoin maximalism, toxic maximalism, mining, the early days of crypto, uh, really all of it. But before we get into it, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, and those guys are Roundly X. I'm sure you've heard me talking about them on previous episodes. These guys are killing the game. They're making it extremely easy to get invested in cryptocurrencies. Uh, you can link your Coinbase or Voyager account, uh, and what they do is they round up each one of your purchases. So say you make a purchase for $1.50, they'll round up the $0.50, cents, it becomes $2.00. And when you hit a certain threshold, they will invest that money into Bitcoin or your your choice of another cryptocurrency. Uh, It's kind of like the acorns for crypto. Very easy to stack Bitcoin, grow your portfolio. Uh, So if you haven't checked them out already, I highly suggest that you do. I'm going to have a link in the description. Go check it out. Link your accounts. It's money that you don't miss and it gets invested into cryptocurrencies. It really takes the hassle out of all of it. So again, that will be in the description. Uh, But let's get into the show. Not so fast. Before we really get into the thick of it, can you just give us a little bit of background on yourself and what you were doing before you found Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? Uh, Yeah, sure. I so before I found Bitcoin, uh, I was at a point in my life where I was I was struggling a bit. I was uh, stuck in a. <laughs> this is this is a little more personal than I've never ever generally really got, but it's uh, it's it's not gonna harm my opsec and it gives a little more of a background. So I was Perfect. in I was in a, a long term relationship that I was I was stuck in for for various reasons, and I was grinding at um, at at like basically a small business that I still I still run and manage and everything um and it was just on the cusp of like kind of paying the bills but barely um you know when you're when you're making a, a living for yourself and getting by it's all well and good but when you're spending like 100 120 hours a week to do it then it's it's it can be a little depressing so I was kind of like always in this grind and looking for ways that I could slot in more to my own kind of hustle and then i kind of found out about bitcoin but i was in the middle of all the all the shit from the fallout of the relationship and couldn't really like give it the attention that it deserved and moreover uh it was really libertarian at the time when i first read about it and all the sources that were commenting on it and what it was were decidedly like anti-libertarian i guess i didn't know it at the time but you would probably call them like sort of a bit US politically liberal um, and they were saying oh yeah you know you can't you can't have this this is just libertarian hogwash and I thought yeah maybe you know I'm not gonna F with it because I don't have time right yeah um, but then I sort of got out from under the thumb of the bad relationship and uh, was feeling a whole lot better about my life and everything else in it and sort of being more open-minded to new stuff and then discovered Dogecoin, which was like Bitcoin, but a fun version that didn't take itself so seriously. And I thought, okay, I'm having fun in my life right now. This fits very well with that. I'm going to jump into this with like uh, both feet, like not even stop to put on a bathing suit, just get in. And and that was how I got in. Uh, and a lot of people share that story. There's like a, something I call the Dogecoin cohort. And a lot of people that you might consider like, OGs on Twitter whose name you've seen before. Um, I'd say fully half of them got in around that time because Doge Dogecoin was the fun version of Bitcoin. It's crazy because I think it was Nick Patel. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, oh, very well. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, so I think he had the ex- like kind of exact same story where <laughs> I don't know if you 
bought or you know got into doge before bitcoin if it was that like what you were saying there i, I don't know if the timeline was right um yeah okay or i, I wasn't yeah, I did, sure I if did. you just got like more involved with the doge community uh but no his his story exactly the same he said he bought dogecoin yeah. before bitcoin <laughs> and uh it's it's wild to me like i had never heard this from anybody before him. And now you're telling me you did this and there's a huge community of people who also did this. So you're blowing my mind right now. That, that's funny because like it's not the kind of origin story that people are, I, I guess, like proud of saying. Yes. Because it doesn't mean they're early Bitcoiners that got super rich because they were really good at working with the technology because it was way harder than than it was for, for all this. Like oh, part 100%. Of what Dogecoin did was there was a um people were helping each other out set up a gaming rig to mine you know whereas bitcoiners they weren't really doing that like okay here's the go to this thread and figure it out and if it doesn't work well you know you'll 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 be able to figure it out and if you <laughs> didn't know what you were doing or if you were just like starting to learn um it wasn't i i, I shouldn't indict it like that because i wasn't around but it the record shows if you look go look back at threads that like it wasn't as friendly as like dogecoin which was making a point of getting people involved like oh you got a gaming computer okay cool you can mine this this is exactly what you do and you'd have people like literally being friendly walking you through every step making sure it worked being like how do you feel about those dogecoins rolling yeah. into your cool <laughs> mining account and you'd be like this is awesome <laughs> yeah. so uh so yeah it was a it was a friendlier version and People won't admit to it now because Dogecoin is sort of like just like an an epochal epochal epoch <laughs> has pump epochs, and that's all it all all people really think about it as being. But it got a lot of people into into Bitcoin and everything else. It, it's shocking. I wasn't you know around in the very early days myself, so it's just it's it's very funny and shocking to me that people's introductions were kind of through this quote-unquote meme coin, uh, but it makes a lot of sense with everyone being kind of a little more friendly. Uh, I think the Bitcoin community has kind of shifted towards that now. Uh, I hear about people like being very open and making it very easy for other people to get onboarded. Uh, mm. And then there's also, you know, a million third parties that'll help you get onboarded as well. Uh, so it's become a lot easier to get involved. Um, but okay, so you started in the doge community uh, you <laughs> yeah. have a very extensive crypto resume uh just from like the stuff i've seen you talking about and posting about on twitter so can you just walk us through you know after getting involved uh what you have done throughout the years up until now sure sure so it's funny because i don't even have a real life resume so <laughs> if i go over stuff it's it, imagine all the stuff that someone would do if they're just fully interested and immersed in kind of a brand new space you kind of try it all right so mining was an easy start because there were people willing to help me out and be friendly and i like the idea of well i'm going to try mining this well i'm going to try mining this and you could um sling newly mined coins for a little bit of profit here and there and then some of them might become you know better long-term viable things so that was sort of the birthplace of speculative mining uh right around when i started you would um if you didn't have rigs of your own you could rent them from a couple services uh some of which are still around uh one of them called beta rigs which is sadly no longer because it was pretty good um but uh that whole speculative aspect of it and the exchanges at the time for all these other coins they were they were very, very bare bones and very, very insecure. Like uh, you've probably heard the story of Mt. Gox and seen some uh, crappy altcoin exchanges with no volume that you'd look at and be like, oh, this looks so janky. There's no way I'd touch this. Like that was all we had. We had some stuff. We had exchanges such as one called like Crypto Rush, where if you didn't, if you tried to just sell everything for one Satoshi on a 10 10,000 Satoshi coin and you type in the price one Satoshi, your order would skip over the other buys in the order book and sell for somebody lucky at one Satoshi. Oh like there wasn't goodness. even an order matching engine. And this exchange had like all a lot of the volume. It had a ton of volume because it was the only place to trade new stuff like uh, <laughs> dark coin, which became Dash and all that. So um, I had 
a previous um, bit of background as a trader in my life. So that was a little bit of an edge to this sort of uh, new cryptocurrency uh, altcoin game where maybe other people who were mining stuff and buying stuff and speculating didn't quite have that much of a trading background as I did. And so I found um, that some of these uh, weird janky exchanges that had weird janky trade engines, um, the order books were really clear and easy for me to read. And there weren't very many um, long-term historic charts to speak of, but even, you know, simple TA charting and looking at where volume was in the book, it was really easy to read from somebody who'd gone through trading at a time when I started before HFT was around there and you could see pretty clearly what was going on. And then HFT hit. And it was just like, if you weren't a computer, you weren't making money. The stuff was front running you and taking your money. So that's how I got in. I uh, had a little bit of mining experience. I transported some trading experience. And then because I was buying into the tech aspect of it too, I was, you know, I wanted to learn how a blockchain worked and why it was valuable. And, you know, I was also had, I had this motivation because I was <laughs> in this, I don't want to say it's fully, it's like oppressive, but I was sort of feeling self stuck in these obligations to uh, a business and thinking like, there's got to be a way, there's got to be an external, like societal reason why I'm slogging so hard and it's not quite working out. Um, Know, moving forward to now that I like I learned a lot about um, what was required in uh, in crypto and while still running this business and uh, realized that the application of my time was becoming more and more over to the crypto hobby side and I was making decisions for the business that were um, you know taking myself out of it and offloading responsibility to other people's and it actually ended up being a benefit to me because I had been overly micromanaging everything all along and spinning off responsibility to do other people that were helping me out, let them take some ownership and some agency, and they started running it better than I could have ever. So uh, I still run the business today and uh, it's you know, grown a bunch of employees, had like a bumper year for revenue and uh use crypto profits to try and like do expansionary stuff so like all of the crypto stuff um you know helped me out and everything else just because it injected some balance and back into my life because i seem to dive in and overly focus on on one thing so that's that's my resume is just that's how it got so expansive is uh, i I get in and I don't stop. And and since the bull market sort of had of 2017 had subsided, I have to say that like there's no way I can know everything now. Like all the <laughs> all the new complicated like economic models that people talk, are talking about, like stock to flow for Bitcoin. Like I get it, but you know if if 20 people are making 20 different models like that of every day to try and explain things that are, that are going on, like there's no way I can sort of keep on top of everything now the space grew finally bigger than anybody could kind of all keep in their head yeah it's it's grown at a an exponential rate and there's always something you can be learning and it's impossible to kind of stay on top of it uh but circling sure. back circling back on the you know your business and kind of your your resume your crypto resume uh i feel like so many people listening to this because it is the crypto entrepreneurs podcast uh, a lot of the people, a lot of my audience, you know, they're entrepreneurs and I feel like mm -hmm. they can very much relate to what you were saying. You say, you know, you're pouring a hundred plus hours in a week to your business uh, and there was really no balance. And then you started to find this balance, you know, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. It was kind of a hobby. Uh, and then you eventually started pouring more and more time into it, which allowed you to, you know, free up time. Are you freed up time to kind of put more um, time into your hobby, uh, which ended up helping out your business? Other people were able to step in. They started running it better than you could, in your own words. Uh, so I, yep. I think it kind of worked out in the best way possible. Uh, and I'm glad it did because now we, you know, you're on Twitter. You're, you're very immersed in the community. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was like, a year ago or so, I saw that you had gone and 
maybe I don't know if it was for the first time, but you had docs. I'd seen your face finally uh, to go. Were you speaking at a conference or were you just at a conference? Um, yeah, I was. I was speaking at it, and um, the project that I was affiliated with, I still am affiliated with, was the uh, kind of um, flagship sponsor of the conference, and it it ticked all the boxes. Like the organizer knew what was going on. He um, he he booked me without <clears throat> really trusting whether I would show up because I was he was like respecting my opsec. He'd like, you know, never once asked for my real name or anything like that. He's just like, cool. Well, you know, if you uh if you show up, you'll be the keynote speaker. Like, All right, man, this is cool. And it's it wasn't like a big crypto um conference. It was pretty small, pretty chill. Off the beaten path. It was in Manchester, UK, so like not in London or anything. Um, I've been to the UK a bunch of times. I love it there. It's nice to go back. There was a bunch of people um, from the northern part of England that were willing to come up and uh, and show up. I I met the illustrious uh, crypto cred face to face for a little bit. Oh, uh, Nick Nick Patel was also there. He showed up. That was my first time meeting him face to face after knowing him for quite a while. And uh, a, a bunch more other um, pretty awesome people like uh, Strong Writers. He he was there. Uh, if you know him, I do. He's, yes, he's pretty great, and uh, a bunch of a uh, bunch of other pretty awesome people. Uh, Altcoin Sarah, Crypto Posty, Crypto Malone. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of these guys, people I met face to face for the first time, and and like the whole UK something... crowd. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of the UK crowd, and I'm I don't get out much. Like <laughs> ever since <laughs> me I had... neither, man. Yeah, you know, you know how it is. I'm sure of a course. lot of people listening to this will be able to relate. Like if you have just some combination of drives and or passions and or deep interests, you can like if you're the type of person that looks up from whatever you're doing and it's like 4 a.m. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I should do a normal person thing and maybe sleep a bit. Um, you don't get the chance to sort of go and just hang out with people and and talk normally and so that was a lot of fun for that reason um oh, yeah I, and, I and and it wasn't i wasn't super doxxed like i've i've showed my face on on youtube videos the, the dragon chain video <laughs> yeah it's my favorite video on on twitter that i've ever seen oh my goodness. favorite crypto thank video i should say thank you that and and you know it it was it was one of those things where like perfect synergy i thought okay i can i can send this up i hope i can be as good as some of the other ones because there were some funny ones uh, besides the creepy ones i don't know if you've seen the one with the the dude with a big beard and it looks like he's standing in you know poking out of a sunroof of a car as it's speeding down the highway and he's just yelling about dragon chain like <laughs> i was trying to hopefully be as good as that guy because he was hilarious so I hadn't seen that video. I remember seeing yours. Yours was making the rounds. It actually popped up recently on my timeline. I, I love that it just pops up every now and again. Uh, and I'll, I'll watch it and just laugh my ass off. Um, oh, man. Uh, that's so good. You, you, I'm, I'm glad. You've done everything, man. You've you, you mined. You've traded. You're a keynote speaker. Uh, you're a <laughs> staple of crypto Twitter. Uh, you've really done it all. Um, it's crazy, and I, I kind of want to circle in and kind of get laser focused on one of these specific topics uh, sure. because the Bitcoin maximalism has really gotten big lately. I don't know if you've noticed it, uh, but over the last year or so, I think people have capitulated on alts, and mm -hmm. they are now Bitcoin maximalists, and they say everything's a shit coin, they, you know, Bitcoin only, and I don't like it. And I know that you're a quote-unquote shitcoin miner uh, and you've been mining for a while so i kind of wanted to get your take on this bitcoin maximalism i, I kind of want to stir the pot a little i don't know if you're okay with that yeah uh, yeah no i'm totally okay with it perfect so yeah so, like what's your take on this i i i think like bitcoin maximalism such as it is it's if i had to put it all in one word i'd, I'd have to say like it's misguided it it's there's so many aspects of it that are right and like correct that in my sort of developing ideas that argue against it i try and call it the strong argument just because uh just out of respect for the kind of innovation 
of the blockchain and i do have so much like i'm a bitcoiner and just i just there are a lot of other bitcoiners out there that uh wouldn't accept me as a bitcoiner because of my sort of i don't think it's a personal definition of bitcoin but a more widely shared definition of bitcoin which means that it's not just the btc blockchain it's like every single thing that it's open source brought forth and and gave the freedom uh for anybody that wanted to to try and you know figure it out for themselves that way so like all the economic arguments that people sort of tribe up around and and like to parrot and and restate and everything like that's that's a strong argument but it's not the whole story like there's a lot of economic writings and uh if you've I, I don't know how much economic reading everybody's done. I try to do as little as possible because it's boring <laughs> as fuck. But like, if you if you read the stuff, um, that, like you can find a conflicting theory from just as respectable, uh, citable source for almost everything. And like, just because you know we're in a Keynesian capitalist system, and there's like a, the Austrian system of Bitcoin that kind of is the yin and the yang to that. Um, you know, there are plenty of other theories that you know could have the spotlight as well. And I, I don't, I'm not a scholar, so I, I only like read them as far as I can stand to be like, you know, this, this, none of this explains anything that's happening <laughs> practically right now, right? And yes, and it's a lot of theory. It, yeah, and you can you can um, very easily sidestep all of that by calling everything else a scam except for your own idea. But like, yeah, if, if you do that in other avenues, like there you're, you're called something that usually has the, the ending ist in it and nobody wants to be a something ist, whatever yeah. that is. Right. Like, uh, so like there, there's more than just economics to this and economics is a good way to model stuff that is money. But like, because Bitcoin's also got network property stuff, I feel like nobody ever wants to address the free open source software aspect of it that lets it all happen. And like that free open source software thing where it's free to fork and create your own, like that was a big point of Bitcoin. If it's not free, you can't look at the source code and see that you're running some, the same thing that the other guy is like, you know, uh, if, if it weren't open source, somebody else could be mining like 10,000 Bitcoins to your every one and you would never really actually know. So open source lets everybody check that everybody's running the same software and getting the same consensus on everything. And the, the fallout from that open source is that if you want to make changes to it, you can. And if you want to build a new network, you can. Um, Bitcoin maximalism just says that like, okay, well, the first network is going to have the biggest network effects, but it's really hard to define exactly what that network is. Like, is it just the BTC blockchain? Yeah, that's a pretty big network, but look at all these other networks that have popped up and they're all interoperable. Uh, you could say like, you know, even if lightning or atomic swaps aren't there yet, they're all interoperable on the marketplace. And that in this early stage, is probably the most important place for them to be interoperable and with all these stable coins they're getting even more interoperable with the fiat markets that they're sort of supposed to eventually replace or work alongside i haven't really figured that out yet yeah. but <laughs> we're still early bottom line, yeah yeah it, of course we're, we're we're absolutely still early for um for a lot of things and i think where where the difficulty i have is is that like it's hard for a lot of Bitcoin maximalists to engage honestly with people arguing the foundations of their ideas because there's a big group of them. They've been working out these theories for a long time and people thought they were crazy because people thought libertarians were crazy and all that stuff. And then 2017 happened and every and they all became vindicated by being right and yeah. becoming rich. <laughs> and that does something to you. What it does is it means that, you know, it gives you validation that maybe you didn't quite earn. And this is all talked about, you know, like it's called the free rider problem where early Bitcoiners got rich and now they free ride the value on everybody else stacking sats while they stack Bitcoins. Um, that's something else entirely. But like it's it's possible that 
you know, once you get rich, you lose patience for the little ideas that you feel you move past. And you also have like the psychological propensity to want to defend your bags, right? So if somebody comes along and says, well, you know, Bitcoin is really great, but it doesn't do this the way these other networks or these new developments would, you can just say like, ah, no, that stuff's probably a scam because you'd be right statistically. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to analyze it, right? Of course. So like, and part of it is too, is exactly what I said before, is that like now it, the whole space is too complex for any one person to understand and to even get like, a good well-rounded take on it you have to know stuff that a lot of people didn't know everything about before you have to know like about network theory you have to know some like off the beaten track economic stuff you have to know trading you have to know like ta and how all that stuff works you have to know about like the monetary system and like even 10 years ago people didn't know how like derivatives and stuff work and we had the financial crisis and like a few people figured it out only then like even i figured it out only then So it's hard to know everything. And so once you can't know everything, you start to tribe up around people that at least can agree on what they know. And I think that's what sort of Bitcoin maximalism is, is uh, the strongest sort of tribing up around what people know. But tribes are exclusive and people want to form their own. And if you feel rejected, the first thing you're going to do is be like, I'll show them. And you get up and do something else. And if that catches on, suddenly you have a multi-coin universe. And I think it's a bit silly to look at that and say, oh, this isn't going to be here and there's only going to be Bitcoin. So yeah, that's the long answer to the short question of like... <laughs> Your take on Bitcoin maximalism. No, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think there is a lot to Bitcoin maximalism, so I appreciate you kind of exploring a couple different avenues there. Uh, but I what think do you the, think? <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think you're you're very right in saying that they're misguided. Uh, and you're also right in the fact that, you know, they're right to say that, you know, for the most part, oh, everything's a scam because so many of these things are scams. They're cash mm-hmm. grabs. They're terrible for the kind of crypto community, uh, quote unquote, crypto community. And I think it does hinder our progress when, you know, coins or exchanges are exit scamming and they're just here to make a quick buck. Uh, but then what what happens is you know you label everything a scam and you don't get in on these early projects that are truly innovative and can make you a lot of money uh and so i think that's where you know i'm cool with bitcoin maximalist maximalism up until a point uh but when they start kind of attacking the progress of other projects and other currencies that's where i start to have an issue uh, and then on top of that, I, I think they're, I think some of them are doing it to kind of ride the clout. You know, a lot of coins have mm-hmm. decreased in value, and I think they're using bit, the name Bitcoin, the currency, you know, the ticker to kind of further their kind of end goal. Uh, and I think a lot of them are out here to make money, and they're using the Bitcoin name, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, mm. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, I've got a podcast, I've got a cryptocurrency podcast, uh, and I'm using that to, you know, make money. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, but I think that to kind of flip flop and, you know, say that your ideals are those that align with Bitcoin maximalists just for monetary gain is a little bit of a problem. Uh, and then also there's just a lot of shit flinging on Twitter, which I am not a huge fan of. I'll, part- yeah. I'll participate in, in it every once in a while uh, just to kind of stir the pot. And I, ha- I like to have a little bit of fun on Twitter. Of course. But I think it gets to a point where it, it's actually, you know, very damaging. Uh, and, and there's groups that are formed and they'll kind of attack specific people. Uh, and it, it ruins brands. It ruins, you know, the, it really affects the person on the other end of it. Uh, so I, I think that's another issue that I have with it. I'm invested in, you know, multiple currencies I trade uh, and then also am invested longer term. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I just can't get behind, you know, the Bitcoin only. I think it's it's uh, a little bit risky. I mean, obviously, div- quote unquote, diversifying your portfolio into 
other very risky assets in the like same asset class isn't necessarily diversification. Uh, yeah. But but like I, I like to look at it as diversification. Uh, so that's like kind of my reasoning for not being a Bitcoin maximalist. I think there's, you know, money to be made. That's kind of, you know, one of the main reasons I'm here, uh, or at least why I originally got started was, you know, I, I saw this as a money making opportunity. Uh, I saw that Goldman Sachs was getting involved in the blockchain industry and I was like, okay, huh. I, I gotta, you know, I gotta buy some Bitcoin, uh, because, you know, if these big guys are talking about it, I could probably make some money off of it. And then slowly over time, that's changed. Uh, but it is still one of the key factors of me being here. Uh, and so I, I think just to only look at Bitcoin, you know, it'll hinder my money making uh, in a sense. And <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, like an another thing is like your, you know, like I said, a shit coin miner or you mine shit coins. Uh, so I yeah. wanted to kind of ask you a little bit more about that. Uh, and, and is that something that you do only for monetary gain or is there more to it than that? Well, this is the, this is the interesting thing is that you, and you kind of touched on it with everything you said. Sorry, it was long winded. I really, I'm very passionate about this. (laughs) It was, it was good because it, it really laid the ground groundwork for, for putting this here. Um, you've got a very clear picture of what the incentives are and, the earliest, earliest, earliest incentive that attracts every new person is like either fear or greed, right? Like, oh, I'm afraid that the fiat system is going to implode and the banks are going to take my deposits. I better hide some money in Bitcoin and diversify, as you said. Or uh, I want to make money on this. I want to create and build some wealth. And, you know, that's what I thought at the beginning. I'm stuck running this business that's barely getting me scraping yeah. by. I'm going to set up some miners to mine some Dogecoin and at least it's forced savings doing a hobby that I enjoy. I thought, you know, that's the worst case outcome for this is like I hold these coins forever and maybe they're worth nothing. But if they're worth something, you know, I save money, which I'm which I'm not doing. So incentives, uh, the primal ones are the sort of the fear and greed. And we'll call, you know, greed in this case or wanting to better your lot in life. I don't think is a bad word as it should be. So I'm just talking in terms of the incentives. I'm not like uh, morally loading the word there. Um, but once you get involved, an interesting thing happens is the more you learn about it, the more you realize like, hey, like in doing my research about these different options that are out there, um, there's a delta that I can exploit where if a lot of people are saying that a certain thing is a scam or they don't know about it yet and I'm you know, doing re- research and discovering information and learning about the technology. And I think that this is maybe something that's going to be viable and stick around for a while and build some value. Um, why don't I sort of sub diversify into here and touching on diversification through crypto too. <laughs> there's a lot of talk that like all of crypto is an, an uncorrelated asset to the other sort of overarching system that we have. So like you could, you could argue that anything in the fiat system that's represented by the fiat system, um, unless you have like a very clear defensible ownership title of, you know, a bunch of land or something and not just like a deed where a government could like go in and take it from you. You could, you could argue that Bitcoin is or crypto is the only diversification away from the sort of fiat backed capitalist world that we're in. So it doesn't really matter where you go within that you're diversifying across crypto to mitigate risks of, you know, crypto centric risks, like one chain that might get attacked 51% attacked to death, or it might stop working because it had a bug and everybody lost their money or, um, but, or you want to take advantage of the Delta of competition between different currencies, which is, you know, healthy for growth is uh, pretty much a lot of basic undergrad economic and business, uh, courses will tell you competitions generally good for everything as a whole uh, you don't want to you don't want monopolies because then certain things are controlled by by someone who's not you so there's you, you really hit all the aspects of why it's worthwhile getting involved in this and um in order to sort of build wealth for yourself and the interesting thing is that 
now it doesn't look a whole lot different from the sort of uh, stock market investing that preceded it because a lot of projects are using venture tokens and ICO mania aside, um, a lot of that's starting to be better representative of equity for people holding it. So there was um, there was that sort of mad rush in 2017 that um, made a bunch of people money and lost a bunch of people money. And there were really just, you know, it was kind of getting it all out there. Um, and now the rules are coming down. And, you know, this is all, this was all sort of to be expected. Uh, in my opinion, I, I wish they get it over with and get people back interested in doing the stuff that was uh, permissionless again and didn't need the regulator's permission. But like 2017 was so crazy. I I get it. Yeah. I, I get why yeah. I get why the the muscles have to flex against it because yeah. um you know there's a lot of but but there's a lot of um you know uh, people taking unfair advantage of that too. Like uh, you were saying, like um, it's uh, it it's far more risky to get involved with all this stuff. So what's happening now is you get like uh, well-known uh, cult of personality type platforms like Binance saying, well, don't buy all these other scam ICOs, just buy, um, you know, just invest in our stuff. But yeah. like, there's uh, they're a controlling entity there and there's a bunch of centralization there happening too. So it it's definitely a cyclical thing and we're in the cycle of consolidation right now with everything and consolidate consolidation necessarily means that some stuff's got to flow towards the centralizing aspect and just because of the way crypto's open source based i don't think it can get all the way there before people start realizing oh these um these Binance cuffs chafe a little bit. I don't want any of these ICOs <laughs> on their on their decks. Like I don't want this stuff. I yeah. want to I want to go out there. Interesting stuff is happening everywhere, not just here. Like I want to get involved in it. So uh, so yeah, maybe that's um maybe that's sort of the point where we're at is that we're still um, letting the regulators have their fun before we um, quietly build out systems that just make them make them obsolete and even more frustrated, and then they have to spend the next five years figuring out what they're going to do. Yeah, it's it's uh, some give and take there. I, I don't like the fact that, you know, regulation is coming in just because of what, you know, cryptocurrencies are, what Bitcoin is. But sure. then, you know, at the same time, so many people's lives were ruined and, their, you know, stuff was going rampant. And so I see why there is that need for it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's There's a very a fine line. Not- People have to be, there are, there are people out there that do need to be protected from themselves, <laughs> from the FOMO. <laughs> and, like, and, and that's what regulations there to support. But I personally like, hate it. You know, like if, <laughs> if I lose all of my money to some shit coin that, you know, takes off, that's my fault. And I, I yeah. can accept the blame. Uh, but I don't think people like to do that, and it's everybody else's fault for some reason. Yeah, yeah well, you have a high risk tolerance. You have probably like, you're probably in the top top one percent <laughs> of, uh, of risk tolerant people. And like, uh, you know, I'm 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 hoping that I'm right there with you because I've watched like over a hundred bags go to zero. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I have but like I have like you know plenty of Bitcoin sitting on some random exchange that could be gone tomorrow and just waiting for orders to get filled. You know, I, I am very, very, very risky with my investments, but it's okay. I'm young. So I have time if things don't work out. Uh, other people may not, may not have that, that, uh, they don't have that, I guess. God, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, sorry. Well, no, no, my brain's no, but, not working but, anymore. But you, but you, you've got it exactly. Is that like, you're, you you understand very very well your personal investment factors so you've got time on your side like you're if you're young you've got time to make a bunch of mistakes you know how to manage risk you're aware of the level of risk both like within crypto and like what the risks you're taking with like altcoins on weird exchanges compared to like tf well that's a canadian thing you might not know it but like t bills yeah um, or bank like savings accounts at a bank um you're you crypto makes you learn about the actual risks risks involved with uh, one or the other so you know you're you're in the right spot and as long as you can like 
get some sleep at night and go suntan on a roof with no care in the world, man. <laughs> exactly. You're doing just fine, right? Like if it's working not, uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the wake up in a cold sweat and check charts to make sure you didn't get liquidated. Like that's when, you know, your peace of mind is a factor in all this too. And uh, if you can suntan on a roof, you got it. Of course. Of course. Uh, so we've kind of gotten a little bit off topic, which I don't mind at all, but I want to kind of rein it in a little bit. Last kind of question on this Bitcoin maximalism, blah, blah, blah. I know we've kind of beat it to death, but good or bad for the industry? Just one simple yes or no. Is it good or bad for the industry? Altcoins are good for the industry. They're so good that if uh, they were somehow moralized into non-existence, I don't think Bitcoin would would go any further than it has already that is a very hot take i agree with it i don't know (laughs) awesome i don't know that everyone will but uh no i i think you're very right and uh i think that's all we need to say about it i don't like the bitcoin maximalist movement Uh, i think a lot of it's fake and that's all i want to say on it um let's you've given us you know a lot already you've given us your background I love that you're an entrepreneur and that you're very much in, uh, immersed in the cryptocurrency space. Uh, we talked about Bitcoin maximalism. I always like to ask my guests this, you know, what are you most excited for in the coming 12 months? Uh, and this kind of gives my guests an opportunity to talk about anything that they want, you know, personal life, cryptocurrency industry, Bitcoin. Uh, so anything is fair game for this one. Uh, I want to hear what you've got in your pipeline. Sure, man. Okay, so um, since the sort of uh, retraction of the bull market, I realized like, all right, I've got to, if I want to keep knowledge of what's going on and sort of stay ahead and and maybe position myself to experience some of the unprecedented future gains uh, that crypto may well present to us again, um, I've got to change it up a little bit and stay ahead of stuff. So before I was just kind of getting into a big giant basket of speculative um, coin and token investments and uh, hoping that some of it would pump and trying to sell the tops of what did pump if it did. So now the game is that uh, seeing that everything's consolidating and um, it's going over my past notes of like people and teams and everything that I like and see who, um, who made a good try and failed and might be free and ready to go and move on or somewhere. So it becomes somewhat of like a trust broker connecting people with like um, other projects that might do well. And a little bit of, it sounds so hoity-toity for me to say this. So if there's another word below like VC and below angel investor, like like not not devil investor, <laughs> just like dude, dude that will help your project. <laughs> with clout yeah. with a bit of funding <laughs> that's that that is kind of what i'm doing so there's some there's some stuff that i'm still um working on you know commitments to projects that i've been with for a while like uh just monetary unit is a scrappy altcoin that'll take on anything i still uh work with them um and there the stuff that i'm i'm really really keenly interested in though is um it might be coming to a head in 2020 as the u.s uh starts its whole like election cycle it's it's already kind of happening um there's some people working on something called the open index protocol and it's all running on the florin coin or flow blockchain which is basically a Dude. bitcoin clone but it has a little message field in it I, Have you heard I, of that? I i know flow i tried to go buy some recently and my i think it was my bitrex account got closed it's on oh, bitrex no. right yeah, it's a Bitrex coin. Yeah, it's, it's like coin. it's like the only place I could find it. There's like some one other exchange that's like I'm not sending money to. Uh, <laughs> and and I tried to, you know, hop on there and buy it and they're like, "No, we closed your account." And I'm like trying to go through the process of getting it sorted so I can go buy some and so I'm pissed off that you're mentioning oh. it right now. <laughs> oh man, I, I hope I'm not inciting like the actual FOMO, but it's it's 2019, not 2017, so I'm sure I'm all right. Yeah, um, no, I, yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah, they, there's there's plenty of time because the value of this isn't like immediately um, immediately there in your face. Uh, just what they've done with the Open Index Protocol is they've made a way for you to index any kind of web asset like content asset so you could release your podcast that you're talking to me about right now um and it would have an oip 
kind of timestamp in it for what it was. It would have a it would have a hash of the entire file anchored to the flow blockchain. And what this would do for you is, let's say we said some controversial stuff, and then uh, somebody were to attack your site and post an edited version of it where we go tell everyone to buy Richard Hart's hex. Like we go get, we get deep, our voices get deep faked into doing it. Well, what the OIP would do would be um, the version of the podcast wouldn't match the original hash of your original upload. So where this gets interesting is there's probably going to be a bunch of deep fake video yeah. for presidential candidates in the U.S. elections coming up next year. And OIP is going to try and make a play to have people uh, verify the first original upload of every possible video so that its ordinances or its origins can be tracked in such a way that deep fakes will be easier to spot. And there's other stuff with this too. Like there's the profit sharing split baked into the protocol so that if you have any kind of crypto micropayment set up, then like some stuff goes to viewers and some stuff goes to sharers and some stuff goes to watchers and you can pick it. You can pick that mix whenever you upload a piece of content. So that's something that I think is going to um, hopefully be pretty cool. And uh, I, I backed it a little bit. Uh, I had known the, the founder Devin Reed for quite a while. He'd been working with Flo and uh, Alexandria for a long time. So that's that's one thing. And there's other stuff. There's that um, uh, you can only in-game assets of uh, a pretty awesome um, RPG with like a sort of retro futuristic cell shaded art style. That's Neon District, and that's uh, a project by coin artists who. Uh, made that original bitcoin puzzle with like i'm trying to remember the number of bitcoins hidden in the painting i think it was 25 or something a lot of a lot of bitcoin hidden in the painting but yeah she uh she got into stuff she was making puzzles i thought oh man this this person's just doing ridiculously difficult puzzle development inside art and there's money hidden inside yeah. the code like that blew my mind she's doing some she, very interesting stuff yeah, just doing it for, for charity because like she could and nobody had done that before. And yeah. I thought, oh man, this is awesome. So as soon as I realized like how far she'd come from from moving from that to like not just game development, but owning digital game assets and transferring them from game to game as you grow in as a gamer, transferring bequeathing your game assets to your kids <laughs> to play with, like that type of stuff is super rad to me. So yeah, that's another thing that I'm into. But like there's there's good stuff coming down the pipe uh yeah still all the time uh i don't know if you yeah i'm, I'm sure you've uh, you've heard of some stuff yourself but uh i'm always interested in what other people are interested in. so if i talk you gotta talk what do you got oh no you can't put me on the spot like this honestly um you know it's funny i, I mentioned flow that was like one of the big things that i was actually excited for which is why i was trying to get on and buy some um, nice but Honestly, like I have kind of taken a step back from specific projects and doing a lot of research. I've been pouring a lot more time into the podcast. Yeah, um, fair enough. Fair I like enough. I like hearing from entrepreneurs. I, you know, I've told other guests and people probably know this about me, but I studied finance in school, uh, worked as an underwriter. So I was working closely with small businesses. It's always mm. been, you know, something that I've always been interested in. Uh, and so I, I, I'm getting a lot more enjoyment out of these calls and kind of building a network and, you know, staying in touch with entrepreneurs in this space. Uh, yeah, which is, that's great. And you and you're doing you're you're really like rising up the charts right now. Like, I'm trying got some hitters coming on, I, soon, don't you? Y you being one of them. Well, thank <laughs> you, like, I'm talking about the other ones. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I just sat down with John recently. Uh, oh my. I'll be talking with it was actually you know very very uh educational I would say it wasn't anything off the wall I tried to kind of you know keep him tame uh to kind of <laughs> stick with the you know the theme of my show um got Andreas coming up beginning of next month so I'm really trying I'm, I'm amazing I'm making a gun I'm gunning for that top spot um I'm coming for you Peter if you ever oh. hear this, <laughs> um, 
all all jokes i mean he he's been wonderful I, he gets a lot of hate on twitter he's been getting yeah, more than he deserves more than he deserves I he's, think a, so. he's a lovely guy yeah I, I was giving him some shit actually this is what i was talking about when i said i like to stir the pot a little bit uh yeah and he actually you know i, I think he understood that i was joking he was like yeah yeah man if you ever uh he like pokes fun at me a little bit in my podcast and then was like you know if you actually do ever need help we can set up a skype call so he's wonderful uh, oh yeah i disagree with some of his kind of ideas and values but as a person i think he's a, a wonderful human uh, and you know what we're starting to realize that it's okay you can still be bros with someone yeah and disagree with like more than half of what they think and it's all good and and you know what for go reaching back to this whole bitcoin maximum maximalism thing like we can think people are totally obnoxious on Twitter, but that's Twitter's fault. That's not these people's <laughs> fault. Like, I've, I've been invited out to like dinner parties by Bitcoin maximalists. And like, you know, one of these days I'll show up and probably just like meet some really nice piece of people that yeah. have 99.9% of my DNA in common with. So Right. Yeah. I, I, I think Twitter, people play the game on Twitter. They kind of over-exaggerate their thoughts and ideas and it kind of is a warped version of who they really are. And uh, everyone says it, you know, you meet these people in person and they're just completely different. They're wonderful people. Uh, we're all in the cryptocurrency industry. We all believe in Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency. There's some people who say Bitcoin's not going to work out. Uh, but we're all here kind of for the same reasons. Uh, and we all share that. So I think at the end of the day, we would all get along Um minus a couple people but that's just me being an asshole yeah well that's also like uh just your regular misfits exactly though attracted misfits and some misfits are misfits because they're anti-social misfits and so yeah, they play yeah. that out on twitter and and it and it's not always easy to tell like the anti-social the people who are truly like at their core anti-social from like just people that are having a bad day on a shitter <laughs> or, like, just doing whatever else right like exactly um, yeah so um but but I, I I like I like hitting that conclusion with as many people as possible. It's just like, yeah, you know, we're we're not all as bad as we seem on Twitter. Yeah. And that's some that's that's something interesting too, because I I find a lot of new people they they feel like they gotta like um reach out and give someone a slap and and reaching way back into like probably my first hundred tweets, like I had targeted people who I thought, Oh, this is the bad guy of Twitter <laughs> and I would like at 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 70 followers like sure <laughs> people so bad try to start shit too just like anybody else and like <laughs> yeah 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 i think everyone has gone through that at one point or another um but okay so actually this this brings up a, uh, kind of my last question mm-hmm. are you talking about you know you being new for all the new people who are just getting into cryptocurrencies now there we've talked about it there is so much going on there's like a you know mm-hmm. a billion different things that you could research and it's impossible to stay on top of it so what's your biggest tip for people who are just getting involved now uh the the biggest single tip yeah i can say is the one that um the one that i kind of gave myself at the beginning and it has to do with choosing the handle not so fast it's not like just taking it out of a line from like movies and tv shows it's not it, it was actually telling me to slow the fuck down okay and don't fomo into anything so like don't over risk don't like jump into anything that you don't totally understand um if if something sounds like way better than you know something like bitcoin for whatever like bitcoin but it has this that and the other and it's going to make you more money like slow don't go so fast like slow down and figure out okay why is this better why aren't more people you know piling into this what could be wrong with this poke holes in everything you possibly can just like <laughs> the it you can miss so many trains and so many boats in this space and there's always another one coming along you know we just saw a market-wide 99 percent retracement so like <laughs> anybody that fomoed in the past two years like congratulations like you you're you're basically early again you're like a 2016 buyer again at this point there we so, go yeah just go slow I like go that. slow I really... um, you still have to have skin in the game though so like get a bit of bitcoin and just know that you have it 
and you'll go. naturally be like checking the price. You'll naturally be like, oh, how do I do this with my wallet if I want to sell it? And um, I, that's what I do is I like get people to figure out a wallet. I tell them to keep their 12 or 24 words secret. Like, uh, don't tell anyone, don't show anyone. And then I just give them like a tiny little bit of Bitcoin. And then like, I don't do anything else. I'm like, don't talk to me again about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes they do. It's okay if they have a question or whatever. Um, but really they, they end up like learning stuff on their own. If uh, I don't get back to them right away, they go searching and answer their own question. They get a little bit more into it than that. But it's it's got to start with Bitcoin. Yeah. Just because that's where everything started. And you got to learn to walk before you run. And the Dogecoin cohort was kind of an exception because it was more fun to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't, you're not even practicing what you preach with this. Get a little bit of Bitcoin first. Uh, but I think Not at all. No. I think things have changed, uh, and these are two wonderful tips. Which is, you know, slow down. Uh, I think everyone thinks this space moves much faster than it actually does, and mm. I think that has to do with the fact that markets are, you know, open twenty four hours a day. You can trade whenever. There's thousands of cryptocurrencies, so there's always some big piece of news for one of them, uh, and so everyone thinks things are moving at light speed. But if you take a step back. You know, it, it, it's not moving as fast as people like to think it is. Um, oh, yeah. And then I, I like the idea that, you know, you, you give people a little bit of Bitcoin. And uh, once they get a little bit, then they start doing their own research. They start checking price. It's very hard to get somebody interested by just telling them about Bitcoin. Uh, but, oh, it's a, it's going to make you the least fun at parties. Yeah. yeah. Talking about it, like, oh. I don't talk about it anymore. I'm like, uh -huh. yeah. you, you want to learn about it? Like, fine, go learn about it on your own. Uh, here's some Bitcoin, like you're saying. Uh, and yeah. I think that's, that's a great way to get people introduced. Uh, and then I, I kind of just wanted to, I, I've said this many times on the podcast, but I, I try to bring it up as often as possible. I, mm. I talk about it on Twitter as well. And it's that, you know, everybody has an agenda uh, for the most part. I, I think everybody does, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, people can, you know, pretend to be pure and say that, you know, this is all for the good of humanity. And this is why you're they're talking about Bitcoin. Uh, but I think everyone does have some sort of motive uh, that isn't as pure as they'd like to say. Like, yeah, I want to help people out and I want as many people to start biz businesses around cryptocurrencies and I want people to succeed and make money. Uh, but I also want to make money and I've got mm -hmm. a sponsor for this podcast, uh, you know, Roundly X. Shout out to those guys. Um, nice. But it's, you know, it's it's dollars in my pocket at the end of the day. Uh, and I think that eventually I would stop doing it if there weren't dollars coming into my pocket because I need to survive, right? Certainly. Certainly. And so like, you know, it's, it's a win-win for me. I, I see my podcast as a win-win and a lot of other people who have these motives, it's a win-win as well. They're, they're providing for the community. They're providing some utility, but then they're also gaining something. Uh, and so long-winded for me to just say, you know, everyone has some sort of motive and I think people need to understand that. And it, you kind of start to see through some of the bullshit on Twitter uh, oh, and, for sure. In real life, when you realize that there, there's a reason that these people are saying this kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, that's that's all I really wanted to say on it. That was my tip for my audience. Uh, I really appreciate, you know, you taking the time to come on. Uh, you gave us some great tips. You talked about your background. We got into Bitcoin maximalism, which I think was a great and wonderful talk. Uh, and I've been trying to get someone on for this. And I think you're the perfect person for the altcoin side of things i'm gonna go try oh, to find thanks. a bitcoin maximalist and have them come on to talk about it as well they're not huge fans of me but i'm gonna try <laughs> um so thank you very much before we wrap up is there anything else you wanted my audience to know uh that nothing that they don't already know is that you're um, you're doing a kick-ass job Damn, on thanks, this podcast man. and uh i'm really looking forward to continuing to listen to it Oh, wow. I am honored to know that you listen to it. I'm going to have to step it up even more. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be berating everybody with it. I'm doing five a week. So be wow. on the lookout, everybody. Yeah, I'm going to drive myself insane doing it, but <laughs> I'm going to get five out a week at least until the end of the year. Uh, start, start 2020 off right. 
you're not gonna love every one of them find the ones that you do like um and again man thank you so much for coming on i really appreciate you taking the time oh thanks so much for having me it's been a real good talk it's a pleasure all right that wraps up another episode thanks for tuning in guys I just want to take a quick second to remind you to leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. And we look forward to seeing you next episode.